You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Hello, listeners. What up, what up, friends? And welcome back to our <laughs> snack soon. Another snack. It'll be a snack bite. Ooh, snack bite. Well, we cannot go on and on as we usually do for the snack, y'all, because it has been a dramatic week. It has. Health complications and realizations for some family members, which has had me truly stressed the fuck out. But we wanted to make sure we put something out. So Terrence will tell you how I dragged my ass into the studio to do it when I wasn't feeling very jaunty. Yeah, but, you know, we... Oh, we enthusiastic about right, right, Kelly but, Gee. But, but, you, but know, you know, we, we, made, we made it work. We made it work. So, you know, everyone's seen episode three. We've dealt with it. We saw it live. We put out our recap. Some of y'all have been in the messages. We will. Yes, some of y'all definitely been in the messages. We will address uh, some, some. 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 We cannot do all. We cannot. Apologies. Unfortunately. We'll let you know. But when I tell you life has been stressful, mm. I mean that. I mean that shit. So we will do our best to get to stuff. So every segment will be shorter that we do do. And some we're just going to skip over entirely. Until next week. Or maybe we'll do a spaces or something for Patreon. We don't know. We'll put it somewhere, right. but to make up for any lost muses that we're not able to fit into this snack. And for that understanding, listeners, we thank you in advance. We do. Thank you so much. And so to start us off, we're going to begin, of course, with the correction segment. Let's do it. It's the correction segment. Wow. Did we totally fuck that up? Did we? I mean, I hope that did. Did, did, we, did we? Yeah. And this is why we have snack episodes. All right, yeah, Ranger Joes, we are in the correction segment. Terrence, I do believe. I can We are off. all waiting <laughs> for you to give your correction yes. first. I wonder what it could be. Yes. I wonder what your correction is. You have so many, but just I do the one. I'm do the one do that needs to be done. The one. Do the that one that needs, needs to be done. Thank you so much. To be done. I appreciate um, that. So for some reason, I thought I was going to get some uh, connective tissue mm. with some callback characters. Because, oh. you know, you know, we got Vlad, you know, so tissue. I was like, oh, so we right. bring back people. Is Elena coming? But you already know that wasn't going to happen. You already know. Elena? But I saw Whatever. Thespian in the, you know how they do a recap for the episode to come. I saw Terrence. Thespian for like a piece of a second. I thought it was Maria. I got excited. Uh, a piece of a second. For, for a whole week, you thought it was Maria. You know. For a whole week. I was hoping for some you need to give it up. I've had about enough. <laughs> it's not hard to see the girl's mind. Like, mm. I, I was hoping for something, mm. and mm. now I, there's no reason there's to, nothing hope to hope that. Right. There's because, nothing to hope. Because it was nothing Fernanda. And Fernanda, of, well, I mean, she, of <laughs> course, had her. Her sapphic dealings, her her Fernanda was right. turned the fuck out. She and yeah. good for her. Mm. How did the her. potatoes? And I'm, I mean, best of luck to Fernanda. May you but find you were... another milf to not put you in a dofos like right. this. But but she was not Maria, so I was in fact incredibly wrong. I say that from <laughs> I say that from my vat. I'm in a vat, so I will not play the Ave Maria because I was that melodramatic for the recap. But I'm so glad you've owned up to your gaucheries that you literally dragged me into the gauchery gutter with you. I did not belong there, but I went there and I mused far and wide, way beyond what you mused. And so I'm glad you have corrected this for us both. Of my many corrections, as you well know, friends, I 
have a growing mountain. I'm looking at Vesuvius at this point of my fucked up. (laughs) It is. It's Mount Vesuvius and it's fine. I'm coming to terms. And so of my ever-growing populace of muses today, to match you and your one correction, I will simply bring up a personal correction, which I hinted at, I believe, at the end of the recap of the last episode, which is I thought I wanted Eve to Mm. smash Alain. And I lied. I don't. (laughs) I really don't. I don't. I really don't, Terrence. I've been thinking about it. I thought I wanted it. And I do. I do want, like, queer shit for Eve Palastri. But I realized those were series three thoughts. That when there was time for Eve to be on fuck shit and still come back to the boudoir, to the love, to everything with Villanelle. But since we only have, oh my God, what is that? Four, five episodes left. I don't have time for the bullshit. Uh, I don't have time for queer shenanigans. There's no time for queer mess. No, 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 I know. So I apologize to all of you friends out there, listeners, because I surely have put a lot of hours on this podcast screaming about Eve's queerness, demanding that they show me something only to relent when it seems like I might get it, when it seems like Elen is going to get the Eve goodies along with Foe, and I just don't know why I have to suffer like this for Killing Eve Series 4. I feel like other people watch shows. It's the final series, the final season. They enjoy themselves. Right. They get something they want. Fan service. That's a that's right. a concept. That, that Fan is. service. We don't know about that concept here in the Killing Eve world. We don't know what that is. I can only hope for the future, but like, right now. Going out with a bang is, I mean, it's a fun concept. I mean, why not do it over here? Why not? Especially if other people get to, we should also be able to have fun. That's all I'm saying. We should also be able to have fun. Eve Palastri can't have any fun with Elen, though. Even though I feel like she's gonna have fun with Elen! And I was like, Candace, is there, like, a a standard of what is or isn't acceptable? And nothing is acceptable. I'm like, I guess they could make out, and maybe I will get over the smooches, but we can't have anything else. Like, we can't go further. We cannot go below the nape. We can't go below the belly button. We can't go anywhere. Because one of my friends was like, what about oral sex? I said, hell no. What do you mean, what about oral sex? (laughs) Oral sex can be everything for some bitches. So, no, no. No oral sex, no figurative sex, no what is, literary sex. What is that? Call, what do people call that? Phone sex. Wow. Wow, Candace. None of the sex. None of the sex, Terrence. I am not okay with any of it. Maybe a massage. But even mm. then, it's a lie. Because where's Sappho going to take the massage? No, well. To the bold Yeah, yeah. So actually. the way that I'm like, Eve, be a prude. Eve. <laughs> Eve, you know what? You don't want this sapphic shit. You know, like on um, Dewey Cox. It's, no, yes. he's like, you don't want this shit, Dewey. That's what I want. I want the pusher, the dealer of sapphic content, of sapphic shenanigans, who was Alain, to be like, you don't want any of this, Eve. And Eve is probably going to be like, I do want some of it. And comes into the bathroom, like Dewey Cox did. Let me, get some, like that. Let me get some of that sappho. What is life like outside of the applicator? Like, like something. Something of which. <sighs> I know. Anyway, that's the end of my correction, y'all. I thought I was ready to have Eve knock, knock, knock the boots with Elen, and I am terrified. I'm terrified that they will knock the boots because I actually don't want it. But if I could just get something that's like adjacent to gay drama without being fully L-word gay drama. You know, like L-word is like, you fucked my wife the <laughs> night before the wedding. I don't need that. Oh, we made out. I touched your boob. Oh, okay. Oh, did I grab an ass? That's fine. That's fine. We can come back from that Eve Palastri within okay. five episodes. If we are out here blowing a lens back out or vice versa, we can't come back in five episodes. We would need an extra season. We would need five series of Killing Eve, and we're not getting that. So I can't do it. I can't have it. It's over. It may not be over, but it's over for me. It's over for <laughs> no, me. No, yeah. It's over for Imagine me. Imagine Eve was like, I've been living a lie for 20 years. Eve. What lie? Eve. Heterosexuality? Right. <laughs> <sighs> 
But but I mean, she can have that realization with somebody else. Oh my, what's this? These feelings everywhere. What's this, <laughs> <laughs> sir? Just, you know, mm. Sappho. What's mm. this? Right. Yeah. No. But that's the thing that the way we're begging for scraps about things to do with Villeneuve and Eve and doing it all separately. It's really Suzanne's fault. Had she not wasted and squandered so much time, because you know who hasn't shown up and we're about to get to episode four? Adina. Adina. You're right. Adina is You know who hasn't showed up, and I'm not mad about it either, but still, Gemma. So why did we waste so much time? Exactly. Pregnant pause, crickets heard, no answers given. No answers! Okay, so this is probably just my angst about Alain getting the goodies from Eve. So let's move on. I'm done with my correction. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, ultimately, we know that wraps up the segment. One and one. <laughs> done and one done. One and one. One and done. And for those who are familiar with our regiment, we have revelations up next. So. Yeah, we do. Pew, 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 pew. Let's get it going. Killing Eve. Revelations. <laughs> Yo, did that really just fucking happen? I'm dead. All right. We are in Revelations with a revelation about some thespians you may have heard about on Killing Eve. First up is a one Jodie Comer, who I'm sure a number Mm. of you who just follow things happening on the internet or alerts may have seen that Deadline and Variety and a few other Industry trades have covered that Jodie Comer is set so far to star in a new drama series entitled Big Swiss from producer Adam McKay. And I will not (laughs) go into my thoughts about Don't Look Up. I just, you want to hear a bit scream? Ask me Uh. on private. But yes, it says that this project is currently in the developmental stage at HBO. So pluses of this is HBO. Right. Jodie Comer. I'm done with the pluses. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, okay. It, it could be queer related, but there's no guarantee. Right. There's no way to know for sure. Let me read really quickly what they say in this Variety article. All right. So they say, the project is based on Jen Began's upcoming book of the same name and will be produced by A24 and McKay's Hyper Object Industries. An insider tells Variety that 14 bidders were in the running for the title before it landed at HBO. Should the pay TV channel order Big Swiss to series, the plan would be for limited series adaptation. Here is the description for Big Swiss, which stars Comer in the titular role of Flavia, a.k.a. Big Swiss. And the description is, quote, after starting a new life anonymously, transcribing sex therapy sessions in Hudson, New York, a woman becomes fixated with one of the patients, leading to an obsessive, explosive relationship between the two. Big Swiss marks the first project Mm. that... That Comer has signed on to star in her post-Killing Eve era, which will be coming to an end with the show's currently airing fourth and final season. Comer has been the co-lead on the critically acclaimed BBC America show alongside Sandra Oh since its first season. Comer won a leading actor, Emmy, role for her Mm -hmm. role as Villanelle on Killing Eve in 2019, and she and Oh have both been nominated for their starring parts on the drama twice. The Potential Shows, executive produced by McKay. Lord have mercy. Jen Began, <laughs> best of luck, Jen. I don't know much about you. And Coma, yay! Jody, you get you a producer credit. credit. Do right. that. That's exactly how you upgrade yourself from one show to the next. Right, this is Variety saying Deadline first reported. Well, we know Deadline first reported. Deadline is the reporter <laughs> they are, right? thing. Was... And then everyone else steals their words <laughs> and writes new articles for people to click. According to Deadline, comma. Right, right. right. And then it's literally what Deadline said. Y'all ain't shit, Variety. So... As I already said, I have not seen that Netflix thing, so I'm not going to mention what Netflix it. Netflix thing? You know, the, the look oh, sideways. Don't. Yeah, I, I have don't not seen look. that. Um, mm-hmm. 
He just, you know, he just check in with Patrick, uh, who I watched it with, and ask him about the extended screens when we got to the third act, and then you'll know. Oh my! Oh no! It was a dark day, a dark cinema day that we spent together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm always going to be honest with y'all about my opinion. I feel like that's why you listen to the podcast. So I'm just keeping it 100. Adam himself gives me pulse in the type of content he's made in the past. This Jen Began, who's a new American novelist, gives me pulse because I've read nothing of his. And if it is true from some of the stuff that I've seen online about this obsession could be with a woman, that means there are potentially queer overtones. Wow. And when you have queer overtones, you ideally want queer people involved. So then there's a thing. There's considerations to be made. So I don't know any of these facts. I don't know what's going on with this book. Therefore, I cannot say what I truly think about it outside of it feels like it's a sister show to maybe Gypsy. I've told you about. I know you haven't watched it, but. Yeah, I haven't. Quick rundown for anyone who maybe isn't familiar with the show Gypsy, which is a Netflix original that I do believe they canceled prematurely simply because they do not let the creatives close their fucking stories. So if I remember correctly, it was created by Lisa Rubin, and I feel like it came out in 2017 or somewhere around that time. And it has, of course, one of my faves Naomi Watts and Sophie Cookson I believe is her name okay so I don't know was that five six however many years ago and I feel like at the time appropriately so people were concerned with the name of the title because of course the term gypsy is also a term used as a slur against Mm. Romani people yeah which should not be the case but people did not know that this show was based on the song title from Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. I think somebody was telling me, you were telling me that was the, like, the opening song that they used for the show? Yes, it was the opening, like, intro song. And I do think, having seen the show, that it makes sense for what the show was about, but it just, you know, Fleetwood Mac is a band that came out a number of decades ago for the first time. And a whole lot about language and terms and what's cool to say and not say has changed. And Fleetwood did not get the memo. And surely even if they got the memo, they would not change that song because it is what it is. Mm. But I think, like I said to you, they could have called the show Vagabond. They could have called it Bohemia. They could have said anything and still used the song from Fleetwood Mac to set the tone. But that's not what happened. So I think it got a lot of bad press, not for anything to do with the story. And I think a whole lot of people avoided it simply because, well, it was there to avoid. I did not avoid it because, as I said, I'm a Naomi Watts fan. She's one of those bitches that has locked me in because mm-hmm. I saw what is probably still my favorite film of hers in my formative years. It was a young, impressionable queer, and that's Mulholland Drive. And the way that bitch mm. sold the performance, the way the range was deep. It was deep like the abyss. She was incredible. She was fantastic. Told you about that masturbation scene, the way I'll never get over it. I just love that her... A uh, filmography so good. portion of Wikipedia is its own page because she's like, I've done stuff. Ask about me. Oh, Naomi Watts. Right. It can't fit right. in the regular. It's like, no, this is the page for just her films. Like, <laughs> you know, she's going to bring it. If you like, does the bitch have range? That's Naomi. She got some fucking range. And so I checked it out primarily because she was in it. And I was like, Naomi's slumming it on a fucking show. And this was like 2017. So it was less likely or it was less popular, I think, to find like A-list actresses that are mostly in film actually coming to television. So I had to check it out because I was like, it's fucking Naomi Watts. Went over there. She had good chemistry. You know, it's messy queers. Okay. But the premise in what makes it similar to this potential big Swiss project that Jody's working on is that Naomi Watts plays a therapist. Mm. You know, she's smart. She's talented. So we get to sit in on some of her therapy sessions. And with one particular dude she's given therapy to, she becomes obsessed with how he's describing his ex-girlfriend. Okay. Right. I I see how this is sounding. Right. So she gets obsessed with girlfriend. And so she starts doing weird things like, oh, let me pretend I'm this other person. Let me go to where you work and just like bump into you. And just so I could see, observe, like talk to you. And then there's a chain of events. She ends up liking this girl. (laughs) 
this girl likes her a MILF. So if you sense the sapphic vapors, make your move. But yeah, no, these shows do seem like they're hitting beats. They seem like they could be similar. Well, it's obsession. <laughs> no, no, I, it was yeah. fixation. She yeah. becomes fixated with this girl and then her actions play out accordingly and she's got a whole ass husband and a daughter and a life in suburbia. I feel like she's in Connecticut in that show. So this has those overtones. You know, I'm always going to be open to queer mess, especially not your typical likable queer character because I think there's plenty of space for bad queers. Like we don't, everything doesn't have to be a lesson. Everyone doesn't have to mm. be an upstanding citizen or someone that you should set your moral compass by. Just stories. So I like it. What I don't want, which some of that was the case within the show Gypsy or just in general, like don't talk about psychiatry and be a hot mess. Like don't have Killing Eve signs. Don't have things got, for groceries, yeah. you know? But if this, uh, if McKay is known for like Will Ferrell kind of things, then isn't it mostly like for laughs or so what becomes about the joke if this is not going to be played seriously? Like maybe it will well, be played seriously. That, I would assume it's going to be played seriously. I just, if the thing people like about Killing Eve is that they're like, oh, there's women producers. We have Sally. She's the head of the ship for Sid Gentle Films. Oh, there's women writers. We have the lead in Phoebe Waller-Bridge season one and then as it goes through the four series. Oh, we have women directors and it seems like series four is number of women directors. It's like what we've talked about with Gentleman Jack that in order to have the male gaze absent, you must remove as many of the men who True. have influence yes. on said gaze. Yes. And so if you remove those motherfuckers, then you're more likely going to get a story truly from not a man's perspective. And so what gives me pause about this project is I don't know how many women are involved. Right. All I hear is one. Right. Which executive from HBO is overseeing this? Is it a woman? Does Adam have any women he's working with primarily that he's worked with before that I can see some of the stuff? And so that's what gives me pause because if we're dealing with queer stuff, like I said, I absolutely need someone in that room to be queer and ideally the writer of the book uh yeah i saw something that made me think that this potentially could have been a short story that started out with a man so that's why i emphasize hopefully she's queer because if you started out that way with a man i have to wonder why is it now a woman this was many years ago. I could be wrong. Again, there's not much information to find out about I this know. book once you do the Googling. But you know what? If he's not writing on the project, we're already starting someplace better for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. Well, but Don't Look Up was such well. a traumatic experience for me that it's just I don't know when I will recover from that film. You know, so don't misunderstand, friends. I, first of all, hope that this project makes it out of developmental hell. Because that can sometimes be a thing that shows going to development and they never leave, Terrence. They're in there forever. And you never, ever get to watch them. So I hope Aww. that this show comes to fruition with this book. I hope that if this is, in fact, a queer-tinted, queer-colored, queer-coded, whatever story, that there are some queers employed to work on it, to write on it, to shoot it, to hold the wires, to consult whatever's necessary. Please hire the quiz, and we shall see what happens and we if it gets made. See. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it's interesting that it's about obsession when Killing Eve is kind of about obsession, but perhaps this book is so fucking compelling that it was impossible to say no. Right. I I want this to be completed. I want this to be shot. But I also want this to be actually shown. I don't want this to be one of those things that it gets stuck in developmental limbo. The Gina limbo. Torres pilot. Oh, Lord. About fellow Cubanos that never came out. That ABC slash Disney slash Marvel said, uh, put it in the vault, Candace. Never see it again. You thought you were going to see some intelligent discussion about Santeria, bitch? That's not today. Oh, you thought you were going to see a blend of Shakespeare? Not today, bitch. And the way I've been waiting for Gina Torres, no, I'm not going to go off on this rant. You already know. I'm just going to say there's many a pilot that has been shot, and in some cases, whole shows that will never see the <laughs> <laughs> no, paid. No, no. Right, yeah. people got paid. People got their money, but no one will ever see it. So here's hoping, fingers crossed, that Jody's project makes it out. Here's hoping that they hire a bunch of other people that are super competent and know what they're doing to handle the shit well 
and here's hoping that she wrote a good book. Here's hoping that this Jen woman has a good book. Let's start there because not everybody is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So there's that. Yay for new projects. Best of luck to Jodie Comer and her upcoming project. We yes, hope that, I hope we get to see it right. someday. I hope it is a wonderful, amazing experience and project that we all get to see in full fruition. And speaking of projects to come after Killing Eve, Fiona Shaw has added her name to the oh, Fiona uh, pilot Shaw getting books, staying busy. The Anansi Boys. So who else got announced? It's Fiona Shaw, it's CCH Pounder, and Jason Watkins. According to the Variety article, the series is an adaptation of Neil Gaiman's novel of the series of the same name and is currently shooting in Edinburgh, Scotland. Not them shooting in Scotland, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Let's just... Um, right. I'm, not, I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> I'm going to move on from that. I will say that seeing Fiona Shaw in this project will be fun because I am curious about the Anansi boys. I hope they handle it better than Gods was handled on Stars. I know they also cast Malachi yeah. Kirby in there as... I don't know. I know he's one of the leads. But I know whatever Fiona Shaw is going to be doing is probably going to be very cool. I hope oh, they yeah. don't make me dislike her. Because she could surely play a villain. I'm just saying, you know the background for the Anansi boys. No, they yeah. cast a Fiona Shaw. What is she up to? Awesome bullshit. But you know what? Get your bag. Fiona Shaw, get that bag, ma'am. I hope I like your character. <laughs> but whatever you're doing, I'm sure it will be brilliant. And best of luck to Fiona Shaw. I guess last in news here, we'll mention again because it's definitely out right now in a city near you. Check out Sandra O's Uma. Uma is out. Horror movie. If you like horror, if you like Sandra O, check it out. It seems like a perfect reason. We saw some mm, Rotten Tomatoes is doing something weird when yeah. it comes to Uma. I don't understand because I surely watched a horror film on Shudder just last night. I told you I was highly disturbed. I wanted no, to beat yeah. up a man. In fact, the director is still on my fade list. And if I have to see another dude director put a fucking woman with a beast with tentacles and call it horror versus their weird fetish. Yeah, it's porn that's, fixation. That's weird I, porn. I I'm know over it. Is. I'm over it. No, you're right. The way the patriarchy expresses itself in horror and the way that I can't stop watching horror films because I love them deeply, even though I suffer. So I'm just like, what the fuck could be going on at Uma that is somehow worse than the travesty I watched last night? The answer is nothing, Terrence. Nothing I'm sure they, Yeah, I'm sure it is nothing. Sure. So we're going to check it out eventually, probably this coming weekend, and we will report back somewhere. If not on this podcast, briefly, on the Patreon or elsewhere. But, you know, reminder that Uma is in theaters. In other news and revelations, uh, the official Killing Eve account has a giveaway that they're Oh, doing. they're actually giving stuff away. Hmm. What a shock! <laughs> According to the it's Twitter, about damn time. they said that 8 o'clock on BBC America, time is weird for us. We don't know if that means EST. They say to look for a special hashtag and tweet it for a chance to win one of five signed posters and prize packs. Um, wow. Five? It's about damn time. But it's... It's, it's fine. You're right. Mm. You know what? We'll retweet it and if we get it, we'll give it away. Okay? Yeah. Because we surely do not need that tote. I don't need any more blankets. I have so many. I've made my own. So we will just give it to one of you lovely clowns. But cool. Killing Eve, you're finally giving something away to your very dedicated <laughs> and traumatized and, quite frankly, abused by other writers. Killing Eve watches and fans. So congrats, guys. I expect to see more giveaways before the show is done. And they also point people to the AMC shop. If they want additional merch. Ooh, and they leaving out the Europeans. They leaving out the international folks. I see that they are. Oh, wow. Wow. So let me take back half the credit I gave to BBC slash AMC because they only deserve half. <laughs> I was so 
I was trying to stifle this laughing, but no, it's the truth because I'm looking at the comments. Everybody's like, "What about the rest of the world, Derek? What oh, about they in the comments? Yes, right, it's, it's it's like it's it's jaunty, it's cute, um, it's right. The like, fans deserve <laughs> options, right? That's right, all we're saying, right. and not the international issues fucking up our store issues as well. Oh, you know what? But we're in the ghetto. We're in the ghetto. It's us. We're sorry. All right. And so for this last revelation here, Terrence insisted upon putting this article. I don't know why. I do know why. You keep laughing and no one can sorry, hear you. I, I am stifling the This is a the podcast, no, sir. I know. I'm this is not a visual podcast. So and for those who want to know why, I found an article and, you know, it's sometimes it's refreshing to hear mm. that a showrunner has done an interview about the show that they're running. And then you, you see the article and then you read the words that are in the article and it's mm-hmm. like... Well, there was a vision, and maybe, Something. maybe the visions they they are they don't match what you <laughs> thought that the visions were going to be. You know what? Like, Let me get into it, Terrence. You try real hard to dance uh, around these words, and these words are the words that they are. No, so let's you, read these words. It is I will what read it these is. words. So this is an article that Terrence discovered from TVLine.com, and it has answers given by a one Lauda Neil to the interviewer about Killing Eve and in particular the developments that happen by the time we come to the end of episode three mm-hmm. A Rainbow and Beige Boots. So this is the article. We don't want to say for sure but it kind of looks like Eve and Villanelle are never ever getting back together. So I you think already that's a Taylor Swift you thing. You starting the stuff. It is a Taylor Swift thing because I feel like Neff told me that as she is a T-Swift fan. This week on Killing Eve, the cat and mouse came back into each other's orbits as Villanelle crashed at Eve's hotel room and sought help from therapist Martin. Martin said he wasn't a therapist, though. <sighs> After last week's double murder, a wary Martin told Villanelle that's a good sign, since true psychopaths don't want to change. Villanelle also confessed she's still obsessed with Eve, parentheses, she's a rainbow in beige boots, and when Eve arrived, it looked like they might get some much-needed couples therapy. But instead, Eve told Villanelle, quote, I should have done this when we first met. Just as cops in tactical gear burst in to haul Villanelle away in handcuffs. The way I didn't need to be reminded of that, but okay. Truly. The twist felt like a really pivotal moment, head writer Laura Neal tells TV Line. Because it feels like something Eve should have done back in season one. I'm so curious, Laura Neal. Please, sir, let me finish, sir. You already know. Sir, new Eve, who finally understands Villanelle's power over her... (laughs) All right, I just told you to wait in the way that I'm having a hard time. And understands that if she lets that chaos in, then it can consume her, end quote. Now Eve is emboldened enough to actually finally take that step to remove Villanelle from her life. But that raises more questions for Eve. She notes such as, quote, what is my life without Villanelle in it? You well, mean... what has it been for seven months? Or two years, yeah, or whatever. however long whatever. this break has been. Excuse this time, me. Let me finish. Okay. You brought this here. Always want to see me rage. As for Villanelle, the sudden turn comes as a shock, Neil says. Quote, I don't think Villanelle ever believed that Eve would do something like that. And for Eve to do it and see it through, it's such a huge betrayal of Villanelle. But it's also a realization that perhaps her grip on Eve is slipping. And I think that's very discombobulating for Villanelle. End quote. Eve is also inching closer to the shadowy people at the top of the 12. So is there a chance she won't survive this mission? 
Quote, I think we should be worried for her, Neil admits. She has destroyed everything or has had those things in her life destroyed, and she can't possibly go back there. So I think there's a kind of nihilism to her, but there's also a freedom to her, which I think is quite intoxicating. We're now just a handful of episodes away from the Killing Eve series finale, which is set to air April 10th. Neil doesn't want to give too much away, but she will say, quote, I think fans can expect an exciting, thrilling, emotional, <laughs> satisfying girl. You're speaking too soon. <laughs> and to these two extraordinary characters and journeys, I... We are speaking very soon, Lauda. Exciting, I believe uh, you. Thrilling, perhaps. Uh, Emotional, no doubt. Satisfying, TBD. 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 Okay, so let me go back to the first inflammatory statement from Lauda, which was. I feel like season one Eve, was in there. It's when she says, because it feels like something Eve should have done back in season one. And I say to you, when? In season one, surely not episode one, where she said, wear it down. There would be no point. Surely not episode two, they don't interact. Surely not episode three, while Villanelle's role-playing and stalking. Surely not episode mm. four, when Eve gets out of the car. To call the cops where? To the countryside? Right. To do what? Are we talking about episode five at Eve's house, where they have their first date? Really? Eat some shepherd's pie. Villanelle leaves, and she goes, Eve, that was delicious. <laughs> Should she have called the police then? She didn't have a phone. One, two, three, four, it was gone. Should she have called the police when she was begging Villanelle to come with her while she was standing next to Constantine? Please, please, Villanelle, just come with me, please. Is that what she should have called the police when she heard the sirens in the back and she was still begging a bitch to go away privately with her? Tara, should she have called the police in Paris just... when she broke into a bitch flat? Broke the me. law. She broke the law. She was fired, by the way. Should she have called the police in series two when they employed Villanelle? <laughs> I just am trying to figure out what the fuck Laura is talking I just, about. Right. I don't get it. It's... Mm. Call the police when? When she was telling Carolyn, well, she's not killing me. Then what the fuck do I care? Because that was Eve's energy. Where do we call the police in series one? We don't. We don't. There's, there's no way. Not Eve. Who calls the police? And what's not hilarious Eve. is that part of the big controversy after the end of series one was that Eve stabbed Villanelle. And nearly everyone watching the show, including myself, were like, they about to do it? Like, what they about <laughs> to do? And it's violent. And so how do we get here from the violence that no one predicted? And if you predicted it, you're a fucking liar. You are. <laughs> Are a fucking liar. So how do we get here? When are we calling the police? Is Eve calling the police on herself? Because she has tried to commit manslaughter. Because she has just tried to kill somebody. When are we calling the police, Terrence? We're not. Not in series one. Not at all. Not Eve Palastri. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Second inflammatory point. The quote of, what is my life without Villanelle in it? Well, apparently, according to you recent showrunners that do not include Emerald or Phoebe, it's been at least a year. Seven months. Villanelle in the cloister. At least six months between the gunshot and Rome, the ruins. So what is right. the truth, Terrence? What is my life without Villanelle in it? She hasn't been in it. Right. Though. Who says I want to be happy? We she remember hasn't Eve been in, in series three in New Malden. We, we remember Eve. We remember. I don't get this article. I like the kitchen. I like the back. We remember what her life is like. I also, and perhaps it's because it's a limited article, but when they say the phrase, Villanelle did never believe that Eve would do something like that. What does that mean? Something like that. Are y'all talking about snitching like you once sold drugs? Like you was once selling people weed in college? I'm just trying to figure out where that sentiment comes from. I got no answers. I got no answers, and I wish I had them. Because I just don't, like, betrayal. Eve has betrayed a bitch before, just like Villanelle has Time done some disappoint. betrayal things. Right! She spun on her heels and said, I'm not the one. I, I know you thought I was the one, but the way I'm leaving. And so I do believe snitching is another level because of my personal moral code and how I feel about the popo -po on yeah. most days of the week. However, Eve stabbed that bitch in the abdomen. Sure did. She did not place Villanelle into mortal danger. 
And so does Lauda mean the chase or the game that they're playing and ending that game by potentially putting someone in lockup? Because I just, I don't, it's not making sense, especially when you factor in Emerald's shot in the ruins. Surely, surely. How can we have one standard applied for Eve Palastri where she's bleeding out in the ruins and by some miracle, a Taurus finds her. <laughs> but Eve sends Villanelle to Broadmoor and... Villanelle can't find a way? How is that? How's way? It's the way that Villanelle shot Eve without getting an apology from getting stabbed in the first place because Eve was not getting an apology back from Villanelle. Right. Doing, she right. was like, I might apologize. Are you good? And she's like, no. She's like, the bitch, I'm well, not then, right. then, then this if is where we are. If you not apologize, I'm not apologizing. But still, none of that says snitch. If anything, she wanted to utilize her talents, but nothing about that says I'm going to turn you over to someone else. This enough energy that Eve Palashi had. But how you turning somebody to police? And it looked like it was actual police, not MI6, when police haven't mattered in the entire show. When y'all have been running around London and whatever other place Killing Eve decides to step into, like other things don't exist, like police. Like other normal things. That's why we say hashtag Killing Eve Science. So how's Killing Eve Science say Popo comes now? Oh, the Popo comes now? Is Eve a law-abiding citizen? Mm -hmm. Number one. (laughs) Number two. Ah. Terrence, where do you know that the police come into a scene and they don't take everybody? They should definitely they don't take, take everybody. everybody. For questions, tell me, what police do you know leave Eve Palastri sitting on the couch while they take away Villanelle and no one says anything to Eve Palastri? And did they also where leave do they do that a at? Martin on the floor and not check to see if he needed any medical attention? Tell me, Terrence, so, why did the police come with no EMTs? And no it was, paramedics? It wasn't like a dozen of them. It was a lot of people. It was a dozen! People. But there was no ambulance on site. But I'm supposed to believe science. I'm supposed to believe what Killing Eve is telling me. I'm supposed to believe that Ellen is a world-class fucking spy, but a bitch can't look in a mirror when she's making out with a blonde she doesn't respect. I can't hmm. believe any of those things, but I let it fly because you guys have been flying off your laurels of ridiculousness the entire time. And so we are not grounded in Alias. We are not grounded in The Wire. We are not grounded in The Fall. With Gillian Anderson, which at least it was ridiculous, it was high drama, but there was real cop stuff happening. Oh, okay. This is not killing Eve. The so, only thing that we got that was somewhat of a cop was when Villanelle dressed up and had the motorbike and she shot the person in the backseat of the car when Carolyn was in the driver's side with Mo as her passenger. <laughs> Not you referencing series three. That's the only time I could think of that was like, oh, a cop that's not like an agent. It's the only thing I can think of. The only... I mean, that's facts. Inference. That's the only thing I can think of as well, but it just, it's like when regular cops don't matter on any other episode, as if literally there's not a single <laughs> cop patrolling. <laughs> no, right. Remember when old girl was thrown in front of the bus? When the cop in sight to help that bitch? Nope. When a cop in sight to see Villanelle do the push? But, you know, here we are, arresting Villanelle. So, I guess what I'm saying about this article, it doesn't make any sense. Everything Lauda said essentially makes no sense to me except for the comments about Eve destroying everything in her life. Well, right, she's because the, that is true. she's the catalyst. Right. It was me. No, no, it, it was her. But, no. There's not enough talk about the snitching. There's not enough context for it. You can't even be bothered to tell us about the bridge just yet. And so, I'm just, that's why I was like, this article has zero utility for me except to piss me off because i don't understand it's the way we're gonna have to ask later after this is all said and done if there was some sort of embargo may not be the right word but was there some sort of like a no ask list 
that these interviewers were presented right. with. Right. Like, do y'all not have real questions or do you not really watch Killing Eve? What is the right. truth? One of those what is, is the truth. The truth. Because when you see shit not making sense on a show, do you just lie to these hoes? Like, but, I... Because it's the way I would I understood nothing right. when I started the show, but the way it magically came together with the credits, girl. Lauda, explain. How are you this brilliant? But no, no one's asking questions like the shit doesn't make sense. No one's saying, Lauda, will it all come together? Tell us, will we ever find out about what happened in the break? Right, because that is a clear question. It's and a we, very clear question. And we could say, hmm, there may be some hints toward it, but I don't want to give away too much. So we'll know to think to look on something. But also maybe that's you just shooing us away like, well, n- next question. <laughs> and, and then you're walking away. Maybe next that's question. What you're doing. But at least yeah. we could read off yeah. of something direct that people want to know. Yeah. You're right. You do a time jump and then you say time's not real. And I'll get But then time is real for the popo arriving. <laughs> Incoming from Fojafari. Time is real when it needs to be. It is unreal when it is not needed. Whatever. I, I'm not trying to be totally negative. I just did not feel good about the article. It gave me nothing, which is why you were like, Candace, let's cover this in Revelation. So fine, fine, fine. Imagine needing to put a TBD on the hashtag Elora We Trust. Elora We Trust TBD. Like that's that's a lot of energy. I mean, it's not in Lauda We Trust TBD. If Lauda fails us, then that's what it is. Uh, We are trusting in Lauda because we have no choice. And we've been saying this for over a year. However, Lauda can fail. Like, you can trust in people and they can let you down. Yeah. No, you're right. That is true. I'm hoping she doesn't do that, but uh, let's move on. Uh, I was about to say, is there anything else? Or is this, I feel like this is, this is Revelations. We're keeping it short. We're keeping it to the point. We are done with Revelations right now. Yeah, I heard us in the beginning. We said that we were going to keep it short. We're wrapping up the segment. Now it's time for musing. So strap up or strap in. (laughs) Strap up, strap in, Uh, strap down. Top off your drink. If you want to like pause, take a potty break. And chew responsibly because I don't want to hear about, oh, I was, you almost caused me to choke to death with the thing that you said <laughs> that would be me there may be some I there may be something flavor there it was so, me so here we are musings pew 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 hmm well hmm musings any thoughts ponderings any feelings wonderings <laughs> <laughs> alright so we're in musings Perhaps we should start off with something lighthearted. What is your most lighthearted muse? Hmm. So my first muse is has a lot to do with uh, Fojafari or the, Fo the Jafari, I'm shocked. Or, or shocked, I tell you. Or who would be Fojafari? Um, I don't know if <laughs> anyone uh, is familiar with how many years removed are we from this this film? Oh, uh, this film called Fight Club. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> Uh, but I'm it's sorry. from lots and lots of years ago. I want to say... Are you asking me what year Fight Club came out? You know I know these facts. Uh, okay. It's 1999. Okay, so you lots know, of... The so, film nerd in me knows all these so facts. So lots of... What is that? 23 years. Oh, my God. It's a jaunty length of time. Good so, thing. But in the film, uh, we are introduced to this character who has this friend and we find out spoiler at the end of the film that the friend there was no friend he's not real (laughs) he was just basically like almost like another ego version of just that person kind of like the surrealness that we got with um villa jesus jesus says that was also villanelle because we definitely (laughs) saw villanelle go say she's getting some meats and villanelle never goes to get the meat Jesus Cristo opens the fridge and she gets the meat out and puts it in Villanelle's oh, hands. Wow. And she comes out with it. Wow. So it's like, are y'all switching places? 
is? Like, what is happening? Who's, like, who's, who's, who is the truth? Maybe they both are the truth in one moment. And that's the reason why it was like, no one else saw Villa Jesus says Cristo because it was all in Villanelle's head. And we understand that. So now I'm inviting you to just look at that notion and now take Fo Jafari and Eve Palastri and understand that Fo only exists to Eve Palastri. And depending <laughs> Yo, on where I they are, and you. depending on where they are, I can't deal with you. And depending on where they are, I can't. It's, it's Fo, Fo is Eve. So whatever, <laughs> so whatever things, so Eve is Eve actually is masturbating because Eve is fucking herself. She's on the knob of her that own. Is, She's riding a jaunty, a piece of a cool well, 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 Is that what you're suggesting well, well, with here's this muse? What, But here's why we have to say it. We saw Villanelle sneak into Eve's room. Sneak into Eve's room. We say the wee hours. Where was <laughs> the paraphernalia that a dude has been in that room? Oh, is this when you were asking me about the socks? Eve Where? throws them out. She throws uh, out his uh, stuff. Uh, if he uh, leaves anything behind, Eve throws it out. Let, she probably hope. chucks it from the window. She's like, she litters. It's time to clean. It's time to clean. It's time to clean. Wait a minute. I'm not a clean person. <laughs> she, she can't pick it, it out. Right? I, I wouldn't believe that she's on that. Rip it up. I throw would it say out. it's housekeeping, but the way the bitch never been in Eve room. That too. She probably always got the thing on the door. Like, don't come in here, girl. That but too. then again, so, Eve, why are we in the hotel when we know you don't clean? If we are not taking advantage of the people employed to clean, Eve Palastri. So I don't know what that muse is. Uh, so what are you saying? That foe isn't real? Right. So like whatever whatever hope. she's tapping into to do her, you know, her kitty stuff. I, I need to get access to this thing. It's her using her job. Even the one scene where she got the phone call and said, oh, she forced me to drive her here and it was Carolyn. We don't see Carolyn interacting with foe. Foe's just physically in the car. But that's but it wasn't Eve, oh, my God. and no one spoke to him. So to me, sure, he's not Terrence real. Blastry. He don't exist. Fine. He's there. He's an irritant. He is an irritant to my soul. I would take that shit. The way we are trying to make sense of Faux Jafari in any way that we can, so I understand that. I respect that. And the way that I would take Faux being a figment of Eve's imagination is immediate. I would take that immediately. So all right, since you have decided to start with a mostly and perhaps wholly ridiculous muse. But then again, we got Jesus Christo, Villanelle. So how ridiculous is it in this series of Killing Eve? I'm not sure. But my first muse, which I guess is kind of a revelation, but it's a muse because we're hearing musings. But it occurred to me that the first lesbian Christ was actually in the show Xena, Warrior Princess. Starring you know a one Lucy Lawless, Renee O'Connor. In yes. case you're not sure. And here's why. Because there was queer, immaculate conception. No, no. Yes. Yes. And if we recall... You are with child. <laughs> lesbian <laughs> Jesus, which is actually Callisto, uh-huh. who was redeemed after Xena said, I'm going to go to hell for you, ho, because that's right. what I do. And then when Xena was back alive and trying to get her shit back together with Gabby, Callisto, lesbian Jesus, touched Xena's belly yep. and said, thy you pregnancy is real, yep. right? Yep. So that's Sappho. Like, come on. If there's no men involved at all, is it not Sappho and Lilith? And so Xena had that pregnancy. And that episode is hilarious when she finds out she's pregnant. And she's like, huh? Impo <laughs> impossible. Impossible. I have not been in a situation where this right. could be a possibility. Right. right. And then, of course, when Gabby finds out, she's like, what? <laughs> Who? How? What? It's hilarious. And so, anyway, that's it. I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention. I do appreciate that. And perhaps peer pressure anyone who's never watched Xena because how could that be your life <laughs> and say that whatever that's what it is congratulations the more you know <laughs> it wasn't Villanelle and it wasn't Haley Kyoko it was Kalisto it was Kalisto <laughs> it yep. was Kalisto Ooh, it's the way you had me remembering with Gabrielle being in heaven and see Kalisto there and spaz it out oh she who wouldn't <laughs> like this bitch in heaven 
I'm in heaven. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry for the Buffy reference. I need to. Mm-hmm. I need to stop. It's the way I'm never gonna get Eve as Villanelle. Villanelle as Eve. They're not gonna body swap. It's not the '90s. We we we're not gonna get that. So this isn't science fiction. No, I see that too. It's not science fiction. I know there's killing Eve science, but You're not right. that kind of killing Eve science. I, I know. Good stuff. You know what? You know, we take your ass over to Star Trek. You know what? Not. I, I Head just on might. over. I just to might. Picard. I just because might. Picard is back. And you know who else is back? One of my favorite 90s sci-fi bitches. You should already know, Seven of Nine. Oh, I heard. Okay, all right. Well, I'm not going to. All right, I, CBS. I can't, do this um, I can't do this. I guess here. I'm going to have to all access myself over to Picard and get some episodes. The way I'm living my best adolescent life through fucking Jerry Ryan reprising this role mm. of Seven of Nine and being overtly queer. I need to look at my voice. <laughs> this is about Killing Eve. But it's just because. I recently immersed myself in Picard because I hadn't watched all the things and I was waiting to have a few to watch. And I watched it and then I, I loved it and I rewatched it again. And really my parents are to blame because a bitch was watching Next Generation before I could fully read books. So Oh, well, well. <laughs> my parents, my parents are to blame. It was, right, so... So, environment osmosis. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank you. And may this be a suggestion to anyone out there who gives a damn about space drama. Please, if you care about your life, watch Picard. But perhaps it won't work if you never watch Star Trek Voyager with Captain Janeway. Because that's where she originally appears. Oh, and I guess, ideally, you should have watched Next Generation because... Jean-Luc Picard. You know what? Maybe it's on Netflix. Whatever. I don't know where it is. Find some Star Trek in your life. Star Trek's all on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, oh. It's oh, all there. Oh. Every piece of Trek that has ever existed is on Paramount+. Plus. So well. if one does want to do the jaunty journey, it's a journey one can take, but it is extremely jaunty. I recently, as you all know, rewatched all of Next Generation. I think I finished it, well, like two or three months ago when I was just like randomly. It was it was before Xena was cycled back in. No, no, yeah. I went back through Next Generation. I was like, not the writing in 1989 being pretty impressive with the whole Data's child storyline and genderless concepts. I really enjoyed that shit because I forgot about it. And then when I watched the card again, the emotions hit extra mm. hard because I was mm. in my nostalgic feelings. So that was a tangent, but it's truly because I am enjoying Seven of Nine. And you know what I'll compare it for you two? Since you're not a watcher of Voyager, it was like when Lucy Lawless showed up on Spartacus. Oh. And she was playing overtly queer oh. on a cable channel. And, and child me was like, ah! And just kind of screamed. Just kind of screamed a little bit. It's how I screamed when Michelle Yao played queer for the first time and I just let this sound into the ether. It reached the heavens. Wherever little is that. That's where it was. So this is what that is. This is mm. this is a character from your formidable adolescent years that you were like queer, 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 queer. Writers, actor, couldn't do anything about it because you know it's back what? in the Disney. And now what? she's reprised the role in an outfit that is conducive to being comfortable, not some sexist, super tight shit that's uncomfortable and gay as fuck. So I just, so, you know, I just want to share so that I'm something gonna need, positive. I'm gonna need for my more week. people to show up and then maybe also say, you know what, I was also queer, but. I was with a man during that time of my life. Like the uh Tom Paris's wife. Uh the engineer. Um Who are you talking about? Belana. Belana Torres. I feel like um, I always wanted her to be um, a hint of queer. And she always had hint, several scenes with seven of, of nine where she had issues with her giving opinions but stating them as facts because she nuance was kind of Something uh, Seven of Nine had to learn. And so she Wait, was, so did you actually watch I feel like Voyager? I have flashes. Does this make sense? I have flashes you, okay, of this so, show. So what I'm going to need to say to you, I can't, we can't do this on this podcast, <laughs> but what you're saying has relevance. Oh, okay, so great. Okay, good. Okay? Good, 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 good. 
So I may like Picard, even though I haven't watched. I don't think I've bookend end to end the series, but I feel like I got bits and pieces. You're not a completionist like me. I just don't have the whole thing. I have pieces. I know there was a Borg queen. Is it the same queen from Picard? I don't know. But there was a queen. Oh, well, the Borg are a reoccurrent theme in Star oh, okay. Trek, simply because they're one of the most frightening groups of living organisms. Over here. Um, in, in the galaxy, because they are rude. They're like, we want what we want, we gonna take that shit or we gonna fuck you up entirely. Mm-hmm. And so everyone who's left alive who's had to deal with the Borg got hella, hella trauma for good reason. And in this case, um, Picard is seven of nine and Picard himself, who has had an encounter with the Borg, starts the next generation, continues in movies and continues in wow. his show. Wow, wow, wow. I know. Like, you gotta go to them and be like, turn my Wi-Fi off, the Borg's gonna find me. I, I, I get it. All right, I'm here. I'm here. Wow. Right. So while I know there were men online because the way that men, particularly heterosexual men, have been complaining nonstop about Star Trek and all the queers that are running amok on Star Trek, like, how is that fair? Why is you, the women are talking back the to the men? There's not even that many gay people in the world. Um, I do... <laughs> Those are the best reviews. It's the fact they are that the best they reviews. think no, they that are. the concept of gender transcends this planet. Like, I mean, that's hilarious to me no, personally. But, but how are you going to argue for the sexuality of a person that did not grow up with gender concepts? Like, right. how are you going to say that they have rigid, rigid ideas about gender and expressing things when there was no concept to have for Thank the you. creature, for the person, for the living, sentient being? So, yes. And you can't ascribe your notions to them because that would violate the prime directive. Mind your business! <laughs> Well, we'll have to really get into the Star Trek lore on another day because I cannot go into. No, I cannot I, go into the text, the subtext, the coding, what's happening. Oh, all the angry men. But you are correct in that I do get a tickle having a bad day. It's like, what are the Star Trek haters <laughs> saying? It's 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 what do they say? Just, it's weird to me. How, how am I supposed to be mad when Wilson Cruz is on there? Like, how am I supposed right? to be mad? I'm not mad. So, oh, and by there, I mean Discovery. Obviously oh, yeah, not Picard. yeah, yeah. Not Picard. But anyways, so that was a jaunty side tangent about Quiz and Picard and Seven of Nine. Yeah, so whatever. That was a jaunty side lane into what Quiz are doing in outer space. <laughs> right. And I'm glad the Quiz are doing something good because my favorite character from the Expanse is gone forever. Who is queer, and that's Kamina Drummer. <laughs> and you know if there's a violent bitch, if she is violent, if she has a hard edge, if she can take a man down in three seconds, but also with a piece of heart somewhere and a whole lot of gay John, I'm in there, and I was Kamina. So RIP to the expanse. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give me as much life as Star Trek because I've just been connected that longer. But I, queers in space, I have been asking since childhood, and finally I have more. Yes. Oof. All right, so I'm going to go into this uh, next muse. It is, mm, it's a little, it's a little meaty, uh, dark and light. I mean, it is. Um, So it's me, and I'm talking about Carla Martins. And the first thing I think of when I think of her in series one is when she says, it's disappointing when the rat actually looks most like a rodent. And she's talking about Frank. (laughs) And so to see how far we've come with a character like Carolyn Martins, who was, you know, the HBIC, who... Head bitch! Who now is groveling to Vlad. The lowest bitch. As a rat herself. As a rat herself. A rat for a rat. Because that's that's what we are deciding to do with her character. Because... what we've decided. Because reasons. And so my hope now is... 
could she be playing at being down bad? This is me trying to salvage what I got from Carolyn. Could Vlad be shook at the lengths Carolyn will go through to get what she wants? What if this play is to show up at his door without an agency behind her to appear on her own and is therefore harmless? Uh, um, This is right. This is... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying, right? Like I want this to be like one of those. Remember Ming Na Wen with Rao Julia? That's exactly what I wanted you to think. And then, Wah! Oh, right? And then, right? Because she gets that room, you know, when that rat was in that room, and then she's like, "Oh, there's a smell. It's near, but I don't know where it is." And then all of a sudden, oh, so what you're trying to say is your agent? First of all, sir, the, was... the fact that you just did a casual Street Fighter reference. Oh, I did. I mean, people may and not you, know. No, no, no they that's won't true. Know. All right, they won't know. They won't. All right, but so. if you look up Ming Na Wen and Raul Julia, may he rest the fucking peace. You no, will yeah. see a jaunty picture mm-hmm. of two characters from Street Fighter. Anyways, continue. <laughs> continue. I just had to reference it for the people in case they didn't know. No, no, it's true. It's true. They may not know. Also, I've loved Ming Na Wen that long, in case you were wondering. Right. It's been right. a long time. A long my time. list of 90s women I crushed on, it's obscene. It's truly obscene. But sorry, please continue. And even when you think of the murder details that she's delivering to Vlad, like all of the stuff that she's been accessing, it requires an extensive contact list. And his insistence to have her take her mind off of her desire, quote, end quote, if only for a moment, is starting to read as if he is a potential foil for her. I feel like that was doublespeak for ultimately what I know is I'm close to the answer I seek. And what you do next will let me know what will be done with you. So it's sort of like a warning shot. Kind of like what she gave Paul and when she was in her own office and she didn't know it was oh, her right, office, when right, she was right, like, right. are you with them? And she was waiting again to see what he would say. Right, what the going Should I trust you, Paul? And of course he was like, of course not. None of us are meant to be trusted. Ha 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 ha. Ha <laughs> ha. Pull in the brain. But you know, that's that that was his way out because those are the choices he made. So this is again, it's me trying to square the circle because I'm bearing witness to all of these L's. And I'm hoping Carolyn that they're L's. by design. Because Ugh. like at this point, you already heard me before, maybe not during any of these recording sessions, but I've said privately <laughs> to Candace that I wouldn't have thought that a prison stay for Carolyn would be far fetched. At this point, I felt like if Vlad had in to jail. choose. She could be in jail too. Right, Why right. not? Everybody, right. needs, everybody, go, everybody to jail. go to jail. We got time for all of these shenanigans. No, I know. <laughs> everybody in jail. Because, like, I imagined someone like a Vlad wanting to trade a Carolyn in, since we know that she's a rat, to maybe her own agency in exchange for an agent. Maybe, like, this one that survived. Because I'm mm. with all eyes on these targets of interest, maybe there, was, there would be a way to barter for people to save face in ways. So, that is a potential plot point we could go that route we shall see interesting i mean it's still curious that you would it sounds like you want more stuff for carolyn than what they seem to have on the table for her uh maybe she gets caught up in some shenanigans with villanelle next episode to give us like just to add more to what she's doing but we'll find out very soon if that's what they're doing yeah we shall ultimately yeah that that's that wraps up ultimately the muses where i'm hoping carolyn is not as down bad as we are looking at her as you think vlad's gonna betray her I'm, I'm thinking Vlad is a potential foil and that he may know more about the 12 that he's definitely telling Carolyn. And Carolyn will come up with that information and have to I have to uh take him down. I mean Well, one will take the other down. I'm not saying who's taking who, but when I is, say foil Where does Elen fit in? I'm because if Carolyn goes to go against Vlad and Vlad has something to do with the twelve, doesn't that inevitably involve Elen since she's all up in the twelve business too? 
killing people, torturing people. If we are to believe that Eve Halastri has an honest assessment about what the Lady Red knows, then I have to say that Vlad knows more. And that's oh. only if what Eve assesses is to be interesting, factual. Okay. Well, motherfucking TBD on these developments. Yep, but TBD. I, I like where the muse is headed. All right, let me do one of my select muses because Lord knows a bitch had an endless scroll of muses and I whittled it down to four. And the second of my four for today, just a thought that occurred to me after I had many other thoughts, Killing Eve related, and decided to write it down for a muse. I felt like in the last recap, or perhaps the snack, but definitely the recap, I mentioned something about me thinking that Eve was going to be the direct catalyst for some sort of horrible thing happening to Villanelle. Hey. Potentially what we see happening with the mobility scooter, whatever's happening in that episode. We know that Eve mm. has to try and nurse a bitch and get rejected. And right. so how do we get there? And I suppose that potentially whatever happens that's bad or violent to Villanelle probably is directly, potentially, connected to Eve and the fuck shit she's up to, which will lead to... Increased bitterness, angst, messiness between <laughs> our two ladies. So from that thought, it occurred to me, I was like, what if Eve is okay with hurting Villanelle in the ways that we've seen? She's rude to Villanelle. She's literally physically slapped to Villanelle on top of hurting her feelings. So it seems obvious that Eve is okay with hurting Villanelle to various extents and levels. But what if she's not okay with anybody else doing it? And what if this is something she doesn't figure out until she figures it the fuck out? I mean, well, when you're used to chasing somebody who's what? Considered untouchable? You don't think about other people touching what's untouchable. So, yeah, I guess it'll be some sort of culture shock for her or anyone that's ever been in that situation. I don't know what that Well, this is called. specific Eve and Villanelle dynamic. So okay. not so broad in terms of like, what might someone think? But specifically Eve. Eve, we've talked about, looks very angry comes across as very bitter and resentful for reasons that we've tried to explain since Lauda hasn't given us enough stuff. So if that's the case and Eve has real reasons to be upset, we can explain her toxic actions towards Villanelle, being violent, being hurtful, being cold, being closed off. And knowing that this is hurtful to Villanelle because we've talked about things we've observed Eve do that seem to be her observing that she is having an impact on Villanelle that is not altogether positive or feeling good. So she's enjoying that. We've talked about her masochistic tendencies. We've talked about the overall waves and vibes of the villain Eve relationship and how pain is a component of that. But when we think about Eve Palastri in series two, she can't do it. I need to protect her. When we think about how she ran in with a letter opener to protect Villanelle. When we think about what she was saying to Carolyn in series one. This is not someone who wants to see Villanelle hurt. This is someone who wants to hurt Villanelle. That's the supposition of my muse. I get where you're where she you're She doesn't at. want to see her hurt, but right. she wants to do the hurting. Right. And she wants to control that and be in charge of that. And I think potentially that Eve doesn't even fully understand the spectrum of what this is or that she actually cares if Villanelle were to live or die because she's potentially told herself, that bitch could die, whatever. I don't even give a fuck. She needs to leave me alone. She could be dead right now. I don't even fucking care. But if something were to happen in a future episode that potentially and seriously puts Villanelle's life in danger, even if she doesn't die, because how could a bitch die in episode four or five? That hopefully triggers a response in Eve to be like, oh, let me get my fuck shit under control. Like, I feel like I want to establish boundaries with Villanelle. I feel like I don't want to go to this place with Villanelle, but I also don't want this bitch dead. I also don't want her hurt. I also don't want her locked up. Yeah. And I did not realize this until someone else took the power. They were like, Eve Palastra, you locked the bitch up, but now Eve, I'm harming a bitch. I'm telling a bitch what to do or I'm taking something over. Villanelle ends up in danger and it's her fucking fault. And so that is, that is the heart of the muse, that she has not tested this theory. 
about, well, I can hurt her, but no one else can. And I think it will be tested in the next episode or two. And that it potentially leads to an intense reaction in Eve, but also hopefully a switch in how she's dealing with Villanelle altogether. That even if she feels remorseful about dropping a dime on a bitch, that she's just like, but I've also realized some other things. And so I still would like Theo. There's that. But also, I kind of care if you stop breathing. And so I should maybe stop pretending that I want to be the cause (laughs) of you not breathing anymore because that's not true. I think that's where I'm at. That Eve would tell foe, would tell whomever that she doesn't care if Villanelle lives or dies. So she could die. I don't care. Whatever the fuck. She's a murderer. Who cares? I don't care. But she cares. And maybe she finds out she cares Mm. in episode four or five. Or six. I don't know. It's too long. I'm going to say episode four or five because six? Lauda? Come on, man. Maybe. Nah. Well, well. Um, episode four or five. Right. I, I would. I don't want the two episodes worth of angst. I would rather there be some version of a reconciliation. Like, are you hungry? Well, I don't know what that looks like. But I would like for there to be a way that they could communicate because there are things they still have yet to say to each other and also specifically Villanelle to Eve as we've seen her come up to this conclusion about feels and maybe though maybe she's gonna pivot <laughs> from those feels since she's locked up well Won't they make out. it seem like that Villanelle is going to be really upset about snitching and for me and I think a lot of that is cultural in a certain sense that the concept of snitching is just it's not no, something no. you do. Right, right. But I can't put all that on Villanelle. I'm projecting my own feelings about snitching onto Villanelle. And while I do think it's a betrayal, I just, like, Lauda hasn't given enough stuff to make everything obvious. We don't have enough stuff in the break. We don't know if these hoes smash. We don't know anything. So why a bitch could be away with a wife for six plus months and then be in a cloister for two thirds of a year, but still expect behaviors from someone who clearly has changed or evolved somewhat, it doesn't matter to me. And so that's where I'm at with the whole thing is that, yeah, Eve shouldn't have dropped a dime. And I absolutely feel that way. But I can't exactly telegraph how Villanelle couldn't get past it when she has literally killed her best friend. Well. And presumably she's not in jail for a very long time. So then can we potentially look at it as like, Eve, you're being petty? Knowing that there's no way a Villanelle who works for a 12 stays in jail or anything like it, a Bellevue, whatever, Broadmoor for any extensive period of time because it's a liability. So how seriously should we take it? I guess is the question. That's it. So snitching is snitching. I'm not saying a snitch ain't a snitch ain't a snitch because snitch is that. I just don't know how Lauda is framing this in such a way when she has not set up preconceived ideas about how Villanelle feels about snitching in particular when she herself has done things that would be akin to well, that right, yeah. on Eve. Like, I'm going to dime you out to your boss. I'm going to do this over here. I'll dime you out to your husband. Mm-hmm. I'm going to snitch you. I'm going to snitch to Nico about what you've been doing. So I just, you know, there has been snitching, just not to the Popo, but also the Popo haven't been real in killing Eve until this season. They're suddenly real. It's not just the MI6. We have actual police, DCI, DSI. And I'm like, if there's a DCI, a DSI, how come no one spoke to Eve? You just arrested <laughs> people without speaking. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, that is the heart of the muse that Eve will learn that, okay, I didn't want all this stuff that I wanted. And potentially she returns to being ride or die with Villanelle and will seek to take revenge on whoever has injured her. Is that person mm. Carolyn? When her and Carolyn are together, does Carolyn do something? Does Carolyn shoot her? Is it Elaine? I wouldn't put anything past Elaine at this point. Is it Pam? Oh, don't let it be Pam. I want Pam to make it to the end of the show. She's a sweet summer flower of misogyny, and she deserves the world. And so who is it? Who is it? It's only one of those bitches. Constantine? Whatever. It's not Constantine. <laughs> he can't even get his shit together in Russia. So anyway, yeah, that's the end of the news. 
Oof. Well, I'd hate to be in the crosshairs of one Eve Pilastri because um, even if she sometimes has the skills and sometimes don't, she will find a way to make you pay. She just will. Oh, she will. All right. So this muse, I guess I, I called it my LOL muse, but it's oh dear, it's a muse that I guess most people from the fandom would probably also have oh. if they've been here since series one, episode one, if they've been avid listeners to the show. It is me calling out because it needs to be called out. The throwaway content. Yes, it's not to say that it has not existed in other seasons. So far, it's shaping like uh, Geraldine. The whole of Gemma. uh, I'm sorry. Gemma Whalen. Why are we thinking of Gemma Whalen and Geraldine at the same time? Right, right. Right, the two of them. And I love love Gemma Whalen, but I hate Geraldine. Right. Sorry. That will be an example from something in Series 3 where it was like, well, why? Why why were we here? Why why for so many moments? Why have you consumed so much of the episode and then why were we robbed of? For it not to matter. At all. Right, and it didn't matter. We had a Dasha flashback. Like there were so many, there were so many choices Sir. that were made. But you know, I'm not here talking about series three ghostries. If you, we can, you can go back. We have episodes. We, we have, have recaps about whole recaps, series three. Screaming for hours. So that's back there. I'm in series four, and I'm talking about throwaway content. Facts. So. I'm going to go in order, starting with episode one. Is Eve done with motorcycles? Question mark. Oh! Will we only see them when it comes to her visit Constantine? Yes. Who does she have maintained the cycle? Somebody Why was it never mentioned in conversations, even with Foe? And Foe knows everything. Foe knows everything. Foe has not mentioned the Ducati. Maybe Foe doesn't know she rides. So maybe it was a shoehorn. Foe finally knows nothing about something when it comes to Eve. Is this Ducati uh, Eve's Maria? Is that what this is? A one and done in episode one? Wow. I just, I just need to know. And then, was there a time skip post-ride? I'm going to say the answer is yes, because time doesn't exist or does when it needs to exist. But then it also doesn't. Time is relative. <laughs> and, Lord, here we are. Um, mercy. What? Here we go. Pam's brother. We know his name. I'm not saying his name. Pam's brother was also throwaway content. <laughs> Let me explain why. Okay. First off, foster care. Are these instances of him bringing up old shit? like how some guardians can be known to do or is the age of adulthood pushed up to like 25 or something <laughs> like i need to know because i have to go by how old pam is and i don't really know pam is from the ages things. of 16 to 23 right all right because uni dreams are for those in their late teens and early 20s so that makes sense but that foster care line made me be like you know what what is the truth what is real i said and we it- out here 27 25 talking about i could have put you in foster care no <laughs> lord and then he the overbearing cruelty just for it to be a one-and-done antagonist. Like, so what was the goal? Was the goal to leave the audience to not feel for the victim of these assassins? Yes. But but here's the thing. When agents turn up dead, when Carolyn gets these reports that random people are dead, they're mutilated, they're flayed. We know nothing about these victims, and we don't feel for them either. Facts. Because those reports have less to do about the agent and their morality and more about the assassin and their degree of skill. This is very true. And Eve from season one would be like, cool, in reference to some of these details of these killings but oh, the propping up of these antags like a barbara and pam's brother or the vicar with his hitler note on nell's head being unnecessarily cruel it's as if the show this season wants to distract us from the killers we love and root for mm. and instead give us unnecessary bad faith actors for us to root against that's a different show you are writing 
a different show because that's not the dynamic we were here for. And I don't know, maybe it's something that I'm just putting energy into because that's how I've just been analyzing it. And maybe people have a different takeaway for how these things are moving. That is an interesting thing. I will say this, not sure if you're done with your muse, but I will say. Oh yeah, no, that's basically, yeah. Of the people who died that we got to know that come off the top of my head are of course Bill. We had him for a couple episodes. Yeah. He died. We Frank, we had him for a couple episodes. Yeah. And those episodes set him up as an unlikable person and then a full-blown antagonist. And then Julian, who we get to know for one episode. And he's creepy. Yeah. And I suppose we talked about the utility of Julian. We talked about how Jody looked like an actual feral fucking shark and how it seemed like they were trying to show that for Emerald's thesis statement that the patriarchy is the patriarchy and yeah. that even a bad bitch like Villanelle can get down so bad that she can still be the victim in no, a way yeah. to a man. So I, yeah, I at least partially agree. I feel like I have to meditate some more on what you said, but it makes sense. Like they are putting people in our way to hate potentially just for the hating of it. Right. And I don't know that I needed to see Pam's brother be a dick more than once or ever at all to understand why she hates her brother. She could have just said it to Ellen or implied it, but maybe they just wanted us to see it. So we saw it. But, but, <laughs> but, but right, but why do we it. need to see it? Because let's say Pam kills her brother anyway. It's because Pam wants to level up. It has nothing to do with the temperament of her brother, really. Pam wants to level up, and maybe it's because she doesn't like being at home. Are we supposed to now be able to root for her more because boo the brother yay he's dead if Pam is leveling up Pam is just gonna level up if I the brother's in the Pam way anyway. the brother's taking out the paint right we we Move didn't need Pam. he didn't need a title card he didn't need those lines two of those scenes could have been cut out once he said i'm the business she's other that's all we needed creepy in the hallway literally that's it right the locking and the, yeah, the, the locking off, in was very strange egregious it, was, excessive it was egregious I, I will agree with that i have picked up what you put down sir I understand this muse. And again, nobody's saying that these agents are holy, but they're being played. <laughs> their toes are being licked off. Toes in the nose. That agent, like, like people are suffering. Toes in the nose. But you know what? We're not saying, but did they deserve to suffer? Because it's not about that. Right. It's about the caliber right. and the degree of talent of these killers. And you know what? These are agents. These are people who signed up and they're in foreign lands and they know that they're in hostile territory, but they're Yo, doing their jobs. I've been said if the cloister doesn't come back, that those are some wasted two episodes. Yes. Which I'll probably have to interject my side muse of what I think potentially could have been an alternative that would have worked. If Vilna doesn't spend... <laughs> if she's not in the cloister, <laughs> right. do we have another way of getting to where we are without it being as fucking weird and annoying as a motherfucking cloister? I think we do. And here's my suggestion. So I was talking this out and it's just, this was like the first suggestion that came to me off the top of my head was if we're trying to go with this whole Villanelle's trying to be good. Villanelle wants to be different. Villanelle doesn't want to kill. All those are okay. fine things to explore. The cloister! The cloister, uh, the way I can't make it make sense. The way it will never make sense without very specific words and lines written to try and make it make sense. I was like, where else could we have put Villanelle? Where other things about their tension and whatever could make sense. And I, I just thought the suburbs would be funny. If you have Villanelle yeah. renting a house or a flat or whatever in the burbs. And for whatever reason, she's adopted animals. She is <laughs> participating in the community garden. She is doing other things and watching Villanelle interact with the norms, as it were, the hats primarily. No, right. Potentially wearing some khakis and actual Birkenstocks like she still is. But just have her be there doing that. And maybe she's trying to get to Eve. Because I've seen some people, when people are trying to explain Eve or understand how Eve is being so rude. And they're like, well, she should just do this to Villanelle. Or she should just go to Villanelle. Or, I guess, be kinder to Villanelle. When the mm. cloister 
is right there. And it's that's oh, the thing yeah. that I can't get past. I can't get past the cloister. And I'm like, did they choose the cloister because they knew certain people couldn't get past it as a reason? Because I tell you what, I don't know who is seeing anybody just in the normal world. Right. And a motherfucker ghosts you and heads to the monastery, to the cloister, to the nunnery. And you do what, sir? Like, right, like, what do yeah, you do? Well, why are you there? Well, what, why what? are you there? Right. Why would anyone visit? Where my energy for Eve would be different if Villanelle was just in some fucking suburb of London or wherever. Like a Halifax, you know? It's no, fucking right. rural. Everyone knows everybody. So you're trying to fit in in a certain kind of way. And you send Eve notes, Eve, I'm having a potluck with my neighbors. Right. <laughs> I expect you to be here. And then Eve doesn't show up. Eve does whatever. And Villanelle fucking kills some neighbors that she'd been trying to cope with in the first All two right. episodes. And she said, you know what? Fuck it. I, you asked to borrow sugar. Borrow this knife in your heart. And now I've had, I've had my last tango in Halifax. And it's time for me to go back to London. Sir. <laughs> No, but really, no, same yeah. thing. I'm right. leaving. I'm, I'm wanted leaving. for murder. Right. right. I'm wanted for murder. Right. They're like that bitch that was born in the community garden. She did it. Right. She got upset about the carrots, and then suddenly there were eight wow. bodies in the garden. <laughs> what the fuck? And and here's uh here's Nicole with with <laughs> Fernanda seeing. Villanelle's picture in the paper saying, you know, stabbing in Halifax, looking for she this person. Right. She would have still right. made the papers. So we still get to this point in the plot if this is how we wanted to tool this season. So you just there did were a wonderful just options. thing. There right. were options. The cloister is an extreme option. And if it is never explained, it will be as obtrusive in a sense as Maria and not in a good way. Oh, no, yeah. Right. Because, okay, it's funny. Ha ha, laugh. Ha. But then when it's all said and done, am I still laughing? Is it still funny? So, yeah. Yeah. Villanelle and the Burbs. I think that would have been funny as hell, too. Potentially as funny, if not funnier, as Villanelle and the Cloister. Yeah, I just wish uh, this season felt like... I get we're near the end, so things should rev up. But I'm not feeling like it's the show we know and love revved up. I feel like it's a different show being written. It's a different <laughs> show, but the same show. There's different writers every season. So, invariably, the show will have to feel at least a little different because there's different bitches at the head. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes it works out less well. So, mm. but yeah, that was my little contribution about Villanelle and the Burbs to your muse. All right, so my next muse for today is a quandary, a wondering, a curiosity about what will be happening come the end of the series with Foe and Eve. And as I mentioned in the last recap, I am now of the thought that Foe is bad, that Foe was evil, that he may not just leave the show like a bear or a Jamie, but he is an antagonist that will be revealed, a betrayer, a Brutus, to Eve Pilastri mm. because otherwise, like I said, he's the most boring man on Killing Eve, which to be more boring than Hugo? How? Good sir, how did you manage it? When he's a figment of E. Plashy's head oh, imagination, great. it's easy to imagine it. <laughs> Sorry. Fine. It's fine. It's your muse. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So this muse is pretty simple and straight to the point. What if we get an Eve versus foe after what I am now calling his inevitable betrayal? And to add further context to that, I mean like Raymond and Villanelle. So we have a situation where the shit turns up. There are not traditional weapons because I really do think if they do bother to have something truly aggressive and violent with Foe and Eve, they will do it how they've been doing it. Oh, look at the headlock. Oh, look at Got this wrestling move. Oh, look at me kicking off the table. And so I really hope it looks good. I hope it looks as good as Raymond, but that is my thought. What if we get an Eve versus Foe? And ideally, if it's Eve versus Foe, she takes that bitch out and Villanelle's somehow there to either watch and or participate after a point. I just, that's that's a new views. I'm you like, Louder, you want to give me something good? Want to give me something to scream for? Give me a dead foe. By Eve Palastri's hand. 
after he thinks he sunned her or done some other stuff, because I did say I went forward to Humble Eve, and I just mean things like, of course you never saw me coming obsessed with the 12 and Villanelle pretending, too busy pretending that you're not obsessed with Villanelle when I know you think about fucking her every night. No, I know Ooh. they won't say that. They won't say that on AMC. You've but the called sentiment, her name out a few times But the sentiment, throws. right. You've been asleep. You called out her name. You called me her once while you was hopping on right, the knob, right, bitch. Right, 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 You do nothing but use me. You've been nothing but mean. You've been nothing but an asshole. You think I really like you? You think we're fucking friends? You think I wasn't using you as much as you were using me? Like, that's the kind of energy I want, which will get to an angry Eve that you'll be like, kill him, kill him, and then she'll kill him. Mm. Now, if foe hasn't learned enough about Eve Palastri, he will surely come to her with that jaunt without having a gun. Otherwise, yep. train the gun at a bitch face while you say that stuff so you have the best chance of not dying but of course i want foe to die so i hope he does and i hope he's foolish <laughs> I, th I hope he's in his feelings mm. i hope Alain or whoever has said the jig is up you could tell that bitch we go into the next level and then he does it does not go well for him he thinks he'll be able to get away or best eve palastri and she's an unhinged sapphic terrorist so she should ideally best him with some sonia blade move that we have not seen yet right delicioso i like that news if anyone else has a better reason for why foe is helping eve than betrayal please let a bitch know because i I can't figure it out. And you can't say Eve's goodies. We already know it is on the side. Anything but Eve goodies, I will take that answer and consider it. But yeah, that's it, y'all. Who is a foe? What is a foe? And will that foe die at Eve Palastri's hand? TBD. But I hope so. I hope so. All right. Any, meeny, mighty, mo. I'm either doing sorry to disappoint or I am posing to you, the muse. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I am doing it. So. How to begin. Okay, I have to ask you, Candace Palastria. I have to ask you, mm, how betrayed would you feel if Eve drew a blade on the Lady in Red <gasps> mid-throws? Why would, why would you suggest? <laughs> when you think of the line. It's already bad enough. Right, when you think of what the Lady in Red said to Pam, I'll show you how, you know, dispensable you mean like you are. A, are you going to give me like, everything like, you want? Like, like, no, everything it's, I want it's, type it's, of thing? It's Eve Palastri. They are mid-throws, and she, she, a blade is introduced by Eve. It's Does similar, she penetrate similar, the, with similar, it? similar to how the blade was introduced to Villanova throws. Now, I'm not saying that Eve is successful because the Lady Red may, may oh, be able to this prepare for that jaunt, but the fact that it is even introduced, and what if that information makes its way to Villanelle? Because now she's got to Listen, deal with a few things. She's got to deal with the fact that I'm already Eve Palaz, she's not loyal, but she already, you know. Information has to make it to Villanelle about <laughs> Ellen and Eve. It doesn't matter what that information <laughs> is, because Villanelle sure enough was like, you're hot. You're so hot. Oh my gosh, I'm so impressed by you. She was flirting while Rianne was in the room rolling her eyes like, really, bitch? <laughs> I'm the intern in the boudoir right now. So I just, Villanelle knows what a bitch is offering. Yeah. It's possible that Villanelle still feels some intimidation towards her. And so that would mm -hmm. lead to a certain response mm -hmm. of a woman you respect, who you also find attractive. Fucking with your bitch. I mean, right. Lord. Right. God. And now you're saying knife play? I can't right. deal with because, it. Right. Right. I can't deal with it. My girlfriend gave this to me. I can't. Wait, Don't my girlfriend tried to Don't. give that to to Don't. her. My girlfriend is... I'm about to My girlfriend is to everybody. No, no, no. Right, right, I'm right. about to fight you, it's Terrence Blastry. Right. No. I, it, I refuse. It's I the it. short circuit to end all short circuits. I'm leaving the studio. I'm not putting up with this. I don't deserve this. I don't need this in my life. So I'm not gonna deal with it. If it happens, I'm out of here. And Terrence is with y'all by himself <laughs> on a live. I'm it's, leaving. And I'm not coming back no, until the next day. It would be one of the rudest Go things with my Eve Palastri could do because it, it would tarnish... Everything. No, you can't do this. It now we've been quoting. Everything. Right. It hurts more. 
That push it through slowly. Right. Okay, Villanelle, that sounds like dirty talk. And then, don't touch it, don't touch it. She pulls it up. What did I just say? Hey! Right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Especially because she would have preferred Eve to stay on top. They probably could have just sat there I for really liked you. No, yes. Right. My girlfriend stabbed me. Mm-hmm. I know she didn't say girlfriend. Well, she's, she's she said lady. Said, it's it's no, the same no. thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Ladies don't stab. This one this does. This one does, right. This right. one does. She did it to show me how much she... She did it to show me how much I mean to her. <sighs> no. So you got your answer. I would leave. You would be on your own in the live. And the listeners would have to deal. Unfortunately, <laughs> because I would not return. No, I no, really no. wouldn't. I would be like, I, I got to go, y'all. See y'all um, for the snack, whatever, next week. I got to. I and listeners, to... Whoever, whoever already watched the episode, don't you dare. You know what? Right. I would head comments. to a bar in the panini. I would do it. I would head <laughs> to one of those jaunty bars. Like right now, mm. when motherfuckers outside like the Rona variants, the Destiny's Child Rona variants aren't percolating in the streets of New York. And I would go there, Terrence. I would go there and I would say, friends, comrades, fools, fratronizing in the Rona. <laughs> I'm here to fraternize <laughs> with you. I'm this down bad. We, I'm, I'm reckless. We outside. No, I'm no, being no, reckless no, like no, Eve Palastri. Yeah. I'm in a ball with a bunch of assholes who are wearing masks. Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. It's right. it's the way it's that that action it's is. It's just... No, but it's literally it's, like across the it's street. Like, it's not even hard to do. It's the extreme flagrantness of of that of that action is, which is why I was like, right. But but the energy and that the way been, you know how real it is because no, I literally right. just go across the street. No, yeah. While I'm in my delusion, denial, upsetness, and so it's too much of a high risk. You would probably have to strap me into some. If I'm like Terrace, I need to go. Mm. I need to go mm-hmm. act out. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to the party. Mm-hmm. Candace, don't do it. It's right. still Rona. Terrence, I'm going to the party. <laughs> I'm going to the roof party. <laughs> And, and gonna right. go drag. The, the parties are literally gonna go right frat rise across the street, but literally just, across the street. Right. And the way there's always like three to four across the street no, is what's right. fucked up, right? But so it's doable, guys. Pray for me. Pray to Jesus Christo Villanelle that I don't do it. By the time you hear the snack, y'all might have already watched the episode. Who knows when this shit's gonna come out? And I don't know if your prayers will do any good. So forget it. Mm. Forget it. Damn it, Eve Palastri. See, but it, and it's because the energy that Eve's been on just doesn't seem far fetched. It doesn't, which is part of the no, problem. With how because that bitch could totally pull out a no. weapon, right? Oh my god! And you know, Elena she tried be to like, steal oh. the steak life. Elena's gonna be like, ow, <laughs> she's but so- ow because it's hot. Plush, <laughs> no, right? I have my own weapon, right? Right? What if she got taser? Bzz, bzz. Ooh. And we got <laughs> electrodes. The electrodes is coming back. The titty electrodes. Hide your nipples, Plush. Oh, that was Carolyn's. Bag, no, that was though. Carolyn. But but that's Helene, what Carolyn but, but did the with Julia Gulia. Right. The lady red might be on that too. Who knows? We don't know. Well, it's a good thing that this is AMC and BBC and not HBO. Because right. otherwise we would no, no. be in for it. Right. We would be in for it. Eve said it worked before when she tried to steal the steak knife. She said it worked before. And I'm like, Lord. did it work? <laughs> right? Did it? Did it? Did, Did it? it Did it, ma'am? <sighs> My goodness. We will see what becomes of that music. If it will come into fruition, it would be flagrant. Like I said, it would flagrant. be it would be Outrageous. wild. Right? It would be ridiculous. Wild. It is. It would betray so many things. Don't do and it. So let's let's let's. I'm already down bad off a makeout session or some straight lace. What do they call it? Vanilla. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Queer sex. That I can't deal with no fucking villainese inspired queer sex. I can't. Especially if they show it. No. Right. I can't do it. The verses imply. Eve, when you pulled that knife on me in the boudoir, <laughs> that was nice. That was rude. <laughs> but if they show it to me, I'll be down bad. I'll be on the floor. I won't be in a shot. And then I'll leave. Can you imagine a hard cut and they're both in the bed. They both have bandages. Like, no. No, delete it. In fact, I'm done with your muse. It's All over. All right, the muse is over. Right. It's okay. Done. It's wrapped. 